He's Aaron. She's Liz. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where we take a second look at pop culture from two unique perspectives. Today is uh, kind of our inaugural podcast uh, um, outing, if you will. Um, we're hoping to kind of start this as being a, uh, a fun little project to show not only our opinions, but how um, we can kind of debate with each other. Yeah, and hopefully come up with some ideas to make some shows better. We've yeah. been thinking about this for a really long time with a lot of stuff. We watch a lot of TV, a lot of Netflix, watch a lot of movies. We have a lot of opinions, and we need to share them with someone else besides each other. We have a real exciting life. Oh, yes. <laughs> so sometimes it might be, um, say, like a comic book fan and a, a person who's not seen it beyond the movies. Or it might be a movie adaptation versus the book that it was based on. Or uh, like today, it's kind of a battle of the sexes, battle of the genders. So. <laughs> With Wonder Woman? No, I think that uh, one of my messages is equality to all genders. You know, I, I'd probably actually agree with that. It was, <laughs> uh, it was very uh, equality. Uh, men can do anything that... Well, for the most part, men can do anything that women can do. <laughs> Not everything that she can do. And, uh, and that women can definitely do most everything that men can do. So. <laughs> well, let's... Um... Since this is the first time out, what we're going to try and do is uh, start with just initial impressions. We went and saw it only a few days ago. It's still fresh in our memories. We'll talk about it and what we thought. We'll try to keep it spoiler-free, at least, for the quick, you know, just a quick overview of what we thought of it. And then we'll let you know if we get into spoiler territory. But we definitely recommend that you listen to these podcasts that we do, if you've seen the material, or at least one side of the material, um, because we want to hear your thoughts and pains, and we don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, but as far as initial impressions go, uh, I think you guys could all tell my uh, opinions. But Aaron, <laughs> what was uh, what was your initial impression when you walked out of Wonder Woman? Well, uh, my initial I, I gotta kind of go even a step before that. My initial impression of the movie beforehand was um, I had a lot of hope for it, um, and I felt like a lot was riding on it because um, I. I believe we neither of us have actually watched uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice <laughs> or the Suicide Squad. No. Yeah, uh, we've kind of we've we've put our foot down and said DC stop sucking. So <laughs> um, I think everyone in the world has been saying that for quite some time. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, I do, I try not to let the review the early reviews the the critics and stuff like that to really influence my decision, but. Um, I mean, I was going to see it regardless because, you know, um, I, had, I had more respect for it than I did for the other two movies. So, um, like, I have no respect for The Mummy. I didn't have any respect. <laughs> I, I That movie looks terrible. I think, uh, Aaron, I know you don't want to see it, but I think we have to go see it so we can do a podcast about it versus uh, the original Brendan Fraser because okay. that's our... For, for that reason. For like, academic she, purposes. Like, either wait until it comes out on the dollar theater yeah, or... Yeah, you guys can wait six months for a review of The Mummy, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. They're, they're, they're patient. Um... <laughs> Our uh, loyal listener, um, <laughs> but uh, my uh, my initial impression walking out was um, I was very enthralled with the movie. Um, again, you'll have to kind of help me make sure I don't go spoiler too much because I, right. I can I can get too pretty deep. Um, but I was very enthralled, very enthused um, with the the whole feel of the movie. Um, it starts a little slow, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, sometimes with superhero movies, they get like they get going real quick. Like Iron Man back in the day, 
Uh, I mean, like, the first five minutes were very action-packed, and then it slowed down, which was kind of an interesting take on it. Um, but well, I think Wonder Woman is DC's Iron Man. Like, this is the movie by which to set your DCU, just like Iron Man was the way to set the tone of your MCU movies. I, I, I would, I would uh, describe it as more of a, um, a DC's uh, Thor versus... Um, uh, well, that's just or, that's just. Or sorry, a a DC version of Thor. Well, I know if we compare it, it's it's got some Thor in it. It's got some Captain America. And True, it, but what I yeah. mean is the the tone of it. This is the first DCU movie that was actually uh, enjoyable to watch. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> DCEU, the uh, extended universe, um, which unfortunately the Nolan stuff was not included. It wasn't, it's, but I, you know, because that's that's all, and that's in any. Its own we're bubble. both big Nolan lovers. Anything oh, that God, Christopher yeah. Nolan touches is gold to us. But especially uh, well, for the most part, we, you know. It's a Christopher Nolan movie first and a Batman movie second, which is not to say it's a bad Batman movie. It's just to say his stamp is all over that, and we like that, but it would definitely be hard to replicate that with every character in the DCU. Exactly, um, and that's and that's a big thing, too, is, is it, uh, the, the Nolan-verse, if you want to call it that, <laughs> it uh, kind of established the, the feel for the rest of the DCEU or the extended universe. Well, I think we're getting... It's a little bit off track in our extended <laughs> universes. We, I feel like Doctor Strange going through all of those multiple parallel universes. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what's that? No, no, come this, back. Come back to the story. This is a DC review, and we've already name dropped like 20 Marvel characters all right, in a few minutes. So. Let's roll back to the character so, of Wonder uh, Woman. Well, well, okay, so the initial impressions of Wonder Woman is that I thought it was really good. Um, I thought if... Um, you compare it to the other DCEU movies, the Suicide Squad and... Um, Dawn of Justice, um, this one was probably the most enjoyable. Um, again, neither of us have seen it, so we can't necessarily compare and contrast really with the um, the other two movies. However, the people that I, I talked to that had seen the movies were like, this is so much better. Well, I think the critical reception is enough to make you realize oh, yeah. every other one uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice was mixed reviews. So was Suicide Squad. This is the first one to have more universally loved reviews by critics and fans alike. Yeah, and um, tr and truth be told, um, just the overall scope of the movie, just they, I feel like they did a, a good job. So I would say my initial impression was um, uh, positive. Um, in fact, uh, I felt. Probably, like, I can give an actual number review or number rating later on, but um, I would have to say that literally uh, um, it's got to be a, a positive, you know, a, a higher positive. Like, I didn't walk out of it like I walked out of most of the Marvel movies um, or the better Marvel movies, if you will. Um, but if, um, but it was definitely a, um, a, an enjoyable experience. Well, now uh, the thing is, is I'm a guy, so we have to <laughs> we have to ask for the female perspective because we we made a very special day out of it and went and saw it for you with your Wonder Woman necklace and. Well, it was it was my birthday. It it was for your birthday, yes, absolutely. <laughs> what did you? What was your initial impression? Oh boy, I uh. Good gravy. 
To me, this movie is unlike any movie I've seen before. And I'll get more into that as we go on into more spoilery territory. <laughs> but We're you, trying our hardest. We're trying so hard. Um, but I will say that everyone acts the shit out of this movie. Everyone acted so great and was so wonderfully cast. I thought Gal Gadot did a wonderful job as Wonder Woman. Couldn't if imagine. Gonna, if we're going to get into actors, i got to throw out a special mention. But we can come back to that if you'd like, because I'm stepping all over your initial impression right now. It's okay. The quality and all that jazz. <laughs> uh, but I will demand the floor for just a moment to say uh, Robin Wright as NTOP. <laughs> Good lord, how long have I have been waiting for that? In my mind, I didn't even know that I wanted that until I saw her as a just a, a battle-hungry general fighting and teaching her forces. And I'm like, oh, I want to live on this island. I love this island. For you, it was a slow build. To me, I loved every instant we were on Themyscira. Just girls, powerful women riding their horses and learning <laughs> archery. Like, can I live there, please? <laughs> well, the, and for me, the whole reason that it was a slow build is because I wanted her to get to that point when she started to be close to Wonder Woman or, you know, started to be Wonder Woman. When she, you know, because it starts off with her being a child and, and her growing up and training and stuff like that. That's not very spoiler territory. Um, also, for those of you who don't know, Robin Wright is actually um, uh, Princess Buttercup from The Princess Bride. She's also Ginny, or Jenny from <laughs> Forrest Gump. So there's been some And she's also in House of Cards as Claire Underwood. She is. I um, I'm, I don't watch House of Cards, unfortunately, <laughs> though I actually have a lot of respect for uh, um, Frank Underwood. I know the character's name, but I'm forgetting. Um, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. I can't believe it. I remembered his character name. He's so unique. Uh, you think yeah. you'd never be able to forget someone's name as Kevin Spacey. Exactly. I, and I do actually have a mad respect for Kevin Spacey. But, um, yeah, Robin White did do a good job. And uh, that's the whole reason it was... It, I was just waiting for her to become Wonder Woman so I can start enjoying that part of her. Mm -hmm. It was it was an impatience thing. So that's all it was. So Well, um, uh, Chris Pine also did a really great job. Mm -hmm. um, I liked how they delved into the origin story of Wonder Woman without it being an origin story movie. It definitely didn't feel like that. I think it has to do with Captain America was a period piece told from the perspective of Steve Rogers living in that time of World War II. This one starts out with Wonder Woman in present day um, and is told entirely through a flashback back to World War One, And that sounds kind of gimmicky, but they do a good it job really, with it. It really, you know, I was uh, also thinking that, like, if they kept, if they kept flashing back to present day throughout the entire thing, like, she was telling yeah. it to someone in real time, I would have been like, this is very Life of Pi feeling right now. Or uh, Titanic. Exactly, like, uh, ooh, yeah. yeah. So, the way they do it, though, is really they just, they establish her existing in the same universe as Bruce Wayne and all that that has occurred in very, Batman v Superman. Very minorly. Very uh, minorly. And um, then they... <laughs> there's no Ben Affleck. There's no, no Batfleck. Affleck in, the, in this movie. So they kind of suddenly... Uh, you know what else... You know what other movie did did it really well with a flashback at the very beginning and then re reverting back to present day what? at the end? Secondhand Lions. Yes. So I was just thinking about that just a second ago. Yes, I did a good um, one. So, but, um, yeah, there is no Batfleck in this movie. <laughs> um, besides the acting in the story, I think I really want to 
step into spoiler territory now. So if you haven't seen it, I think um, we can both tell you that we really enjoyed this movie, but it's very hard to speak about why it's so good without getting spoiler heavy, I think, because there's a lot of emotional scenes that impact this movie at several points. That's And again, it's hard to speak upon it without going spoilers. So so this is this is the official spoiler warning. If you should you have would a like Vuvuzuela to... to play into the mic. Spoilers. Or, or you know... Not. Well, maybe we could. Um, anyways, Future episode ideas coming here. Uh, anyways, uh, with the um, so this is your official warning. Uh, this is probably from here on out. We will have spoilers. Um, it probably won't be chock filled with spoilers, but there will be spoilers. So you have been warned. You think they've been warned enough, Aaron? You have been warned. Okay, now they've been warned enough. Okay, yeah. I cried so many times. I cried in the first five minutes. I cried at the halfway point. I cried at the end. And that it takes a lot to make me really care about a character. You introduce me and then five minutes later kill off. It and, is hard to Rob, do that. And Robin Wright. Uh, so here, the whole thing is, is Robin Wright's character. Uh, you said her name. And T.O.P. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I will destroy it <laughs> with my terrible tongue. Um... She uh, jumps up at a certain point with a 100% badass move. Well, the point of NTP, which is so great, is that she loves the battle. It's not, you know, you see women fighting for and it's always like a have-to thing, like as the very last defense, but you see her and she just loves the fight. She's smiling through every instance of this. She charges the beach on her horses and fires three arrows at once, killing... It was a Deadpool shot is what it was. It was jumping <laughs> up, three arrows, three dead Germans. Oh my god, that was... It was a... It, it was it was reminiscent. It, it is definitely its own um, move, its own shot even, mm -hmm. um, but it I, I do see the, uh, the similarities in that. Yeah, she was very, um, it wasn't, I wouldn't say battle hungry. I would say that she took the pleasure out of it and not like in a perverse way, yeah. but she, she enjoyed the battle. She like, that's like almost she, like what she was made that for. That was her life. Yeah. She, yeah. she was living for this moment, just waiting for this time when she could prove her skills and show that she knew what she was doing. Um, and it's, it's, uh, so great because, um, so she dies, and it's not even, like, the impetus for why uh, Diana's, like, I have to leave or anything. It's much more of the, this is her first experience with the death on this island. It feels like, she's like, these are a bunch of immortal Amazons. She's like, no one's ever died here. It's it's her, it's literally her first battle, too. Like, all she's been doing is training up to this point. So this is her first battle with actual enemies. And, you know, she does, she does hold her own uh, in the battle a few points. But she, um, something happens where her, um... Her attention is pulled, and uh, that's when uh, Robin Wright's character um, it realizes that there is a guy taking aim at Diana and jumps in front and catches the bullet. Um, and unfortunately, because they've never really seen guns before, they um, yeah. she, she dies, and she dies on it the feels, beach, too. The battle feels completely real, and yet, even though they're differently matched in weaponry it never feels like one of those the natives got outgunned by yeah it didn't feel like that like what are bullets what's blood you know it's it more like okay people are dying time to reorient and figure this out yeah like they held their own i mean granted this is um world war one uh, uh uh artillery and yes. um all that good stuff but it's also um 
you know, it's guns versus arrows, you know? Yeah. It's not like where they're, you know... But they still, I mean, they still defeated the entire troop that came ashore. Exactly, like, um, and, uh, the whole reason that they came to shore is because, uh, Chris Pine's character, um, flew in and washed up, or, uh, got trapped, uh, in his plane, and Diana had to go and save him out of the... It was a, the, it was a bit of a Little Mermaid moment right there. Just a bit. <laughs> he even, like, looks up, and she, you kind of see her, like, like, wavy because of the, the ocean and everything like that, and, you know, it was almost like, is he gonna think she's an angel or something? No, thank God, there's, there's no George Lucas writing here. Are you an angel? Oh, God, yeah, there's so much better writing in this movie. There is some great humor in this movie, too. There's a lot of jokes, but without the... It, it, it fishes out of water for a few points, but it never makes her feel like she's inadequate or can't understand the world in which she lives in, more so that everyone else is a fool for not understanding the things that like, she can see. Like, how Thor kind of played on that a little bit too much. Not entirely too much, but just a little bit too much. They play on it the right amount. Like, there is some of that fish out of water, oh, I don't know what's going on, and like, bright-eyed and uh, kind of a tourist feel, but they do a good job of it. And I, did, I, I do want to point out... In the trailers, they have this, the, the British secretary, who is, um, she's obviously just comic relief. Yes. She's like 100% just there to be comic relief. And I hear from the comics, she is supposed to become Diana's friend. I, I can see that. I can see that they kind of were playing around with that a little bit. Um, but truth be told, she was never annoying. She never was. No. Like, and she, she was the one who figures did. out that there's a spy following them and shows up. With the sword and shields in the sort alleyway of, yeah. after the battle happens. That, you know, they get trapped in the alleyway. Diana shows off her bulletproof bracelets, which are just the best. <laughs> and after it happens, the secretary shows up with the shield and the sword ready to keep the other guy in his place. <laughs> and it was, uh, it, and she, like, like I was saying, she easily could have been, like, overused or, like, she's like, oh, she's just a quip machine. But she does a little bit more than that. Um, she's, she's useful. She actually helps them out in a, uh, a couple later missions too. So well, I think that's the nice thing about the characters here. And again, I credit a lot of the really good parts of this movie to Patty Jenkins, the director. Um, there are the character, no character feels like a throwaway. Every character feels like a legitimate real character. And even if they are funny comic relief, they never feel like a cutout. They always feel like they do have motivation. And sometimes you don't even like expand upon it. Like we know that the uh, sniper can't shoot people if he can see them. That's why he's a sniper. And well, they touch upon it how well, he can't. Sort of. Sort, sort of. of. He, um, and this is, that's who I wanted to touch on earlier. Um, this actor, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, and I, I apologize if by some stroke of luck that he's actually listening to this. Um, I've seen him in other things. Like, he was actually in the Jackie Chan Around the World in 80 Days, <laughs> and then actually Alien vs. Predator, too, um, way back in the day, uh, back in Ought 4. Um, but I've seen him in those two movies and in a couple other things, and he's actually a really good actor. He can be very funny, but he can actually have a lot of depth to a character, too. Which is strange, because the, the two roles that I just talked about were terrible, terrible movies. <laughs> but, like, he managed to kind of, like, play the... He managed to take a bad character and go just a little bit more... He he was able to delve into the character a little bit more. Um, and I'm, But he's a Scottish... Um, of Scottish nature, and you, you get that a lot. In the, mm -hmm. in the, he he kind of throws it around just a little bit too much. A little bit I, I enjoy the it. whole band of merry men, these <laughs> ethnically diverse cast of guys, because usually 
Usually, when you get the diverse cast of characters, you know, there's the, the loud one, the quiet one, the serious one, the funny one, and then the woman. Yeah. As, if, as if woman is <laughs> this, a character trait. This is your character trait. I'm a woman? Yes. That's it. Yeah, there's... I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm gonna spill my little feminist guts here, I think, in a little bit, because there are a lot of really great points this that make it unlike anything I've ever seen. Not, you know, it has tropes. These are clearly scenes that we've seen before, and we see comparisons to them already with things like Captain America and Thor, but there is something about the female character and the way that she has her powers and the way that she acts in the world that is so wonderfully unique for a female superhero scene in pop culture. Well, let's... let's take kind of a step back and um, kind of refocus our attentions. Right. Um, let's let's run through a synopsis and then we'll run through the characters and like just kind of a quick synopsis too. Um, and then uh, we can talk about like impact of things or certain scenes. Um, so that way we've kind of, we have more of a, a, a heading to go along this. So the basic synopsis is what you get from the trailers is the, um, or is what you get from the trailers. Uh, she uh, finds a, a guy crashes in the ocean, played by Chris Pine. Um, he is saved by her. Uh, they actually run away in the middle of the night, sort of, uh, to go and help the war. And then um, she helps something out where she can get into and fight in the war. If she doesn't just want to fight because she's bloodthirsty. She wants to fight because she believes that the god uh, of war, Ares, is the one that's actually perpetrating the war. That he's the one that's behind everything. That he's actually the one pushing the buttons, pushing you know people to go and do and fight and kill, basically. Um, so, she gets into the war. She starts fighting. She starts um, killing people and you know attacking. Um, they end up taking back a town by themselves, pretty much. And, um, they, uh, then figure out where the rest of the stuff is going and, and then, you know, it's basically... No, I it, gotta tell you, Aaron, your synopsis, like, this is, that is, everything you said is correct. In no way is it incorrect, but that is not at all the synopsis <laughs> that I would give at all. Because you are blazing through things that I'm like, no, here are the important parts. Well, that's why I'm just I'm just trying to give a synopsis, which I, I guess this, to the sum it up, is, is, is it's a war movie. With Wonder Woman. With Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's a World War One movie with Wonder Woman. So uh, kind of a quick synopsis of that is that she goes, right. guy comes in, she saves him, they go to war. She's trying to, she has a different objective than him. He's trying to stop the war, the entire, entire war. Because it's about to end, actually. So Yeah, they're days from signing the peace accord. Yeah, exactly. And so they're trying to end the uh, the, the war, and bo the, both of the sides are like, no, the war needs to be done because we're out of supplies. They're winning. And like, there's a villain who's like, no, we can still win. So, um, And uh, there's a lot of great scenes. And the flow does stutter and stop just a little bit. Um, especially when, like, they have to go to London, and then they go into the room. There is a flow to it, but it does kind of stutter uh, a couple times. Okay. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I know, and it's, and it's great that you can enjoy the movie. Um, I'm a little bit more analytical in this kind of stuff. 
And I'm a bit more emotional. Yeah, and it's and it is funny too because there's other movies and stuff like that where we're completely flipped. Yeah, this is. Yeah. You're gonna get to a point eventually that it's gonna be me talking about the physics of the world, and she's like, "But it was just so cool." <laughs> At some points, maybe a few drinks in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> next time we'll have a, a tipple before we go on the air. Um, but yeah, I think they play a wonderful. Uh, they tread the line carefully. Because Diana's mission is to stop Ares, the god of war. Because in her mind, he is the one who was a uh, ruined man and brought them to war. And if she can kill him, everything will go back to normal. And they play the line wonderfully with, you know, the real world trying to show her that, no, Diana, it's not that simple. And Diana's saying, yes, it is. And then it turns out to be both. Uh, both it that is. men are weak-minded, but there also was an Ares the whole time. Again, spoiler. Um, I think they knew that from the 60 warnings he, he gave before. Yeah. Um, they kind of play that they were saying that this is not, that Ares may, actually, may not exist. And at one point, near the end of the movie, I was like, Ares does not exist. It's I kind of thought that too. Like her mother had made it up or something. Well, it was a fairy tale. Um, at the beginning or near the beginning of the movie, uh, her mother, the queen of the island, the queen of the Amazonians, actually um, tells Diana a um, kind of a bedtime story slash history of their people, which um, is really nice. But kind of in her naivete, it show it she thinks that. Ares is the god of all war, so therefore any war is is caused by him. And how, uh, by the way, how great is that little nine-year-old Diana? <laughs> little blood-hungry little kid Diana. That's god killer, huh? I want it. <laughs> Can I touch it? Just for a minute. Just for a minute, mother. <laughs> so, like, so once the train and everything like that. But, um, like I was saying, like, I didn't think Ares was... I didn't think he was actually going to come into the movie. And I didn't think they were going to be subtle enough to have it be Professor Lupin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so sure it was the Nazi-esque German who was huffing the magic smoke to give him super well, strength. Um, and I'm like, of course it is. And they're like, no, we're going to just try a little bit more they, subtlety they, with this. They, they, but the funny thing is, and this is one thing I'll actually definitely give credit to the movie for, um... Again, I'm analytical, so there have been movies that I'll watch, but halfway through I'll figure something out, and then I'll start looking for uh, 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 facts and things to support my my opinion or my my uh, assumption. Yeah, rather. Aaron can see a twist coming a mile away. Oh god, just, yeah. <laughs> and he'll just lean, he'll just lean back in his seat, just cross his arms. I know who didn't like, stop it! Let me just believe for a minute! <laughs> like, there's been plenty of times I'll, I'll lean over to her and I'll be like, if I say later that I called it, you'll know. <laughs> and, like, there's a couple of times, I, I didn't come close to it with this movie, but it's like, there's once or twice, like, I was like, maybe? But they kind of kept me guessing. And actually, they did kind of, like, overplay their hand, but then they underplayed their hand, too. Um, there's actually a really great scene um, the one that in the trailers where she's hiding her sword uh, in her dress. Which, by the way, have you seen the drawings of the sword? Oh, yeah, the, the sword? sword couldn't possibly be yeah. there. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, it's got to be between her butt cheeks or, you know, on top of her butt cheeks. Like, like, I guess if the dude, point's not coming out. It's, an, it's She's a goddess with a magic sword. Let's just suspend our disbelief <laughs> for a moment. Just a little. Um, but uh, she actually goes and has the sword down her back. Nobody says a thing. I don't know why, 
But no one says a thing uh, to her while she's walking around this beautiful blue dress, by the way. That was, most of the time it's like red or like a purple, like something to incite passion. Well, um, your, your color theorists in the audience would say that uh, the reason Diana dresses in blue in that particular scene is the same reason that Belle from Beauty and the Beast dresses in blue because the entire rest of the town is dressed in warm yellows and browns and oranges and it makes her it makes like her that. stand out so to have it a does. jewel blue tone against that warm golden rich interior with all the people dancing makes her pop instantaneously that's and see that there's an analytical there's an analytical part <laughs> for it um but she uh she wears this very stunning dress she walks in and she confront confronts um, I could not call, stop calling him Colonel Stryker in oh, my head. All, all day, this, all time we're this, watching. This poor actor who's done many other things. Many things. Um, Danny Houston, who's actually a pretty good actor. He played William Stryker, or Colonel William Stryker in X-Men Origins Wolverine. The movie that shall not be named. Well, sort of. <laughs> There's certain parts of it that are okay. Um, but the rest of it is terrible. But uh, he plays uh, a villain in this movie. He plays a German general possibly, yes. possibly um who is trying to basically invent mustard gas with dr poison with dr poison who's kind of fun um and he uh he's he, you're made to believe that he is aries and it, and she's actually conversing with him and they're dancing and stuff like that it's basically it's kind of a a spy like I know who you are, sort of. I know very you don't belong. James Bond. Very James Bond. Um, it it was a well done scene. Like I, it was a lot of cat and mouse. I thought, mm -hmm. um, but at one point, uh, the song ends and he's actually getting ready to go, um, and he says something to her that like enrages her. Like, like basically, is like, oh, he's Aries, so I'm gonna kill him now. Right behind his head is um, one of those, uh, like, the horns without the actual head itself. It's just the horns with, like, the uh, the fur cover. Um, you see, like, the hunting lodges all the time or, like, Roadhouse or Texas Roadhouse and stuff like that. It's that horns with just the, you know, the, the fur wrapped over. It is subtly, subtly. I almost missed it. Very subtle. I did miss it until it's... you told me I had no idea that that was sitting there. But I'm like, <laughs> what a great thing to throw your game off. Just, like... Ah, you see, you see what we're doing here, but and, like, and you know, it's subtle. Even, it's subtle. Even though he didn't turn out to be the villain, he was considered the main villain for most of the the movie, and it was nice to see him be sadistic with Doctor Poison because usually bad German guys are just no humor villains. They're just ah rah. There's oh, a God, scene. He's, he's super there's a scene sadistic. where he kills pretty much every German general they have who are going to sign the peace treaty. He throws the gas and they lock the door, and before they lock the door, he throws in a gas mask into the room, and Doctor Poison's like. The gas mask doesn't work against this gas. And he's like, they don't know that. And they both laugh and snicker as people are dying behind the door. Like, and I'm like, oh, was, fantastic. That was like the old, old like the old, uh, like, snidely whiplash. It did uh, feel like, like that. Like cartoon belt. <laughs> it did. It like, felt like they washing were... his hands and exactly. all that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, can we talk about No Man's Land? Um, yeah. Um, let me preface this. Um... Of course, you know, I went through high school and I went through all of the, the history classes and everything like that. Um, one of my history classes actually showed the World War One movie with um, uh, Mel Gibson. Like, one of his first roles. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's... Um, it's, a, it's actually a well-done movie. It's about a guy who wants to be an Olympic runner. 
well, World War One breaks out and people are getting enlisted. Well, he wants to go and enlist, but he's not allowed to because he's too young or there's something like medically wrong with him, so he's not allowed to join. Um, so he manages to sneak in. He meets Mel Gibson's character. They become best friends, all that good stuff. Well, his whole role is to be a message runner. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be like down at the bottom they get a message. He's supposed to run it up to the front lines to tell them and let them know. Um, and at one point, he actually gets put on to the front line, and they're going to go up into no man's land. They're like they're basically sending like a whole group of these guys on a suicide mission. Um, and that and that's but that was like my first dealings with no man's land. So like. In my mind, No Man's Land is literally, like, a part of the map on a game that you cannot go into. Like, you are forced to not be able to go past this point. You're hit, you hit an invisible wall. And this movie shatters it. Good God, it was... Like, that entire movie up to that point has been men saying, Diana, no. Diana, no. Diana, no. You can't do this. You can't save everyone. You can't help these people. We have a mission. You can't do this. And finally... Diana's had enough of their shit, and she's like, Diana, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie, Diana, no. This one scene, Diana, yes. And it's so wonderful because she, you know, it's not what you're here to do, but it's what I'm going to do. And it's it's so fantastic. It feels like a Steven Spielberg movie at that point, mixed with War Horse. She just uh, walks okay. up into No Man's Land, and at this point, you know, we know enough about her bracelets and her skills but at the same time, you're worried for her and you and you want her to see so hard and you still know that no matter how strong she is, it's just one of her. But by being courageous and going out there first to take the brunt of the fire, it inspires everyone in the trenches to come out and help her get across. And it's not just like, yeah, go you. Oh, no, it's lights. not, yeah. It's like they actually realize that she is drawing their fire so they can actually get up and try to overtake their um, their bunker. Yeah, and, and then the whole the whole point of crossing no man's land is that leads them to the village for the fantastic church scene where she jumps oh up into a, like a sixty foot tall church spire to take out a sniper. Every every part of that action scene, starting with her getting out of the trenches, is just so awesome. It was fantasy, but it was real. It never felt like it was pushing too far but it did push enough to make you see something different that you hadn't seen before it was very awe-inspiring but it was also it's like if you took this character this wonder woman character pretty impenetrable um strong good fighting texas everything like that and you put her into world war one that's what it felt like that's why it felt so natural it's why it felt like that that probably had the best flow i'm sure it was probably like a 20 minute scene from her walking up to after the um the 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 church i'm sure there's probably about 20 minutes it feels like three. Oh yeah it, it feels like it just goes by like that it flies <laughs> it, it felt so well put together and um i will say this action scene you could have seen in another movie but again it has so much to do with how wonderfully the character of Diana is written and acted. She's no nonsense, but not in a killjoy sort of way. She's no brooding Superman man of steel here. Oh no, she'll make jokes. She makes jokes and she's witty and and it never 
you know, for all, you know, those, the meninists out there, to quote a phrase, <laughs> who are like, oh, she's leading the way to the devil, is, you know, she, it's never emasculating what she does. It's never because you are men, you are inferior to me. Um, when she goes and she's like, I can, um, I can read this journal from Dr. Poison. Surely someone else in the room can too, because you're all qualified to be in here. Surely you must have the same experience I do. She expects better of you than what you have to give. And it's not like one of those movies, like um, the like the women's tales, or like um, I have to be as good as a man. I have to reach this level that a man set. I have to be a man that isn't a man. It never ever came across no, like that. It was always like. Like Diana, I am this way. Yeah, Diana already. Loves, Diana loves to fight, but she also loves ice cream and babies and yeah. sex. She loves all these things. And why, why can't she? And, <laughs> Yo. Um, and the, the and the thing is, is like, um, she is Gal Gadot plays it plays it very well. Uh, Patty Jenkins did a great job directing and sculpting this character that is not easy to do. No, it's we, not. We've we've had only about one hugely successful incarnation and that's the linda carter 70s series um which mad respect to linda carter back in the day she pulled off those hot pants i tell you what <laughs> but um the thing was um she was bad wonder woman diana was badass like i felt like she could protect you she could but she, it wasn't like a a I, i'll protect you because you're an idiot i'm gonna protect you whether I think you're an idiot or not, she's yeah. going to protect you. But the thing is, is, and what a lot of like the guys would think or the meninists would think, oh, well then now she takes place of men or now she's like, no, in fact, in that scene, those guys contributed so much. Um, all of the, um, all of his like buddies did, per, um, helped out in some way, contributed in some way. They were all, and they, and they were realized, too. They realized, I think that was like the scene where they realized, we don't have to protect Diana, but we do have to help her. Yeah. We're not trying to like keep her safe. We're just here to make sure that she can get through. And even Chris Pine remembers the shield trick from the beach when they first met and lifts up the giant tank door so she can jump into the church. All these, all these wonderful, nice scenes where it shows that everyone contributes equally as opposed to... Yeah, it's like a basketball team or a yeah. hockey team, or you know, I, 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 I'm relating it to sports, but there's other teams like that out there, like they're, <laughs> you know, like a, a graphics team or, um, um, or like a, a, a team behind a, um, a food counter or something like that. You right. know, if if everyone works to, in tandem and works with each other, and play everybody on your receives. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. No one's saying, you know, why didn't Chris Pine jump through a window? Because he would die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> He's like he literally says at one point he's like I'm a spy that's what I do I I lie I'm I, a, and Diana's just like why didn't you tell the truth that it's my job to lie and again all those fish out of water moments and we talk about how the character is able to just be herself without judging herself based on men I think she has an advantage where other female heroes like Black Widow don't because I like Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson how she plays her but. She has the disadvantage of having grown up in the world that we all inhabit, which is unfortunately, you know, sexist at times. And you have to play by men's rules or the rules of those who are in power. Whereas Diana grew up on a in a land where everyone was equal, everyone shared responsibility, and so when she gets to man's world, 
she's expected she expects to be treated the same as anyone else and and that's why it's so much more impressive to see her be herself not because it's to you know prove men wrong but to hold up a mirror against how the world was and is well, like the the whole thing the whole scene with no man's land is like that the um that's that's no man's land no man land i don't she didn't understand it it's like nobody goes up there no man land like nobody is out there and that was Maya Eowyn from... Yeah. It's like, I am no man. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I fully expect that to happen. It was going to be like, I am no man. I'm like, yeah, let's, like, let's not steal But again, line, you know, but... it's a good thing she didn't do it, because again, it, that would just reinforce that, because I'm a woman, I'm better, and that's not no. what Diana and says. She, and, 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 and she literally, instead of saying that kind of line, or that line itself, she does actually go into a different direction. She's like, that may not, this may not be what you're here to do, this is what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And like and like how you had said that before, um, and God did she did she do it. Mm -hmm. She kicked ass. Yeah, she did. Major ass. I wonder um what you thought of the romance, as it were, <laughs> between uh Steve Trevor and Diana. Well, um uh I didn't really think of it this way until after the movie, but uh, you guys had, um, you guys being who we saw the movie with, um, kind of pointed out that the whole will they, won't they was squashed within like... Instantaneously! Like the first time they're like, to, like in a position that they may be able to have something like that, they're like immediately kind of go into a, well, maybe... Well, and the thing well, is, there's is, a there's a point. You know, you feel like it does feel for like an instant, like one of those will they won't they relationships when they're like, why don't you <laughs> just lay next to me on the boat? We all just lay together. What does it matter? Why you have to be over there? Are we married? This and that, and so lays down, and then you're thinking, oh, okay. But then she talks about how she well, read uh, the Sonnets of Cato and how uh, men are not necessarily necessary for uh, the pleasures of lovemaking, just the procreation part, and it's like. Done. <laughs> well, um, we do need to point out that Steve Trevor actually is a very uh, responsible and good boy. He is a very good boy. His mama taught him well. His mama taught him very well. Uh, he, you know, he believes in, like, the, I believe the sanctity of marriage is what it was. I know. It well, was that, very refreshing to see well, that. <laughs> sanctity may not be the best word, actually, now that I realize what that word is used for mostly, especially nowadays. He's, he, he's very... Um, doesn't have sex on the first date kind of thing. I'm not gonna try anything on you. I yeah. And I mean, he and he, this is the same guy. Scenes earlier is in some sort of like healing, glowing pool, which is so cool. I and, want that pool. Yeah. And then he like he's getting out to like dry off, and then she walks in, and he's not wearing anything. He's not wearing not a stitch boxers or underwear or anything like that. Or Long John's, he's just... He but just won't. imagine how that scene would have played out if it had been a woman healing in the pool and then a man comes in. It would play so much more differently because it would feel like a power struggle the whole time with the guy, like, you know, making well, moves yeah, or whatever. yeah, because the guy would have, quote-unquote, power and the woman's trying to just regain her balance. But then and, you see, the Diana doesn't ever make it, even though he's nude, it's never it's never a power play and then I have the no, upper hand in this scenario. No, it's, she's literally curious about things and she asks like questions. Like his watch. Yeah, well, they, they, they have one funny scene where they're, or with this with this specific thing, or like kind of playing to the lower common denominator. Yeah, you think for a second that they're talking about is Johnson, and then it's his watch. Oh, it's watch. It's watch. Oh, what's what's time? Explains time. 
Why does such a little thing control your life? And you only, and like you see in like Chris Pine decided like don't make the joke, don't make the joke, don't make the joke. <laughs> and I see Trevor, him playing as Steve Trevor, is like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 above average. I'm an above average specimen of my species. <laughs> yes, uh, she asked him, like, are you an average man?" Uh, no, I was in Princess Bride too, or Princess Diaries too. <laughs> um, so. I think the nice, the thing that I recognize, and again, we may be jumping into as a woman, I notice these things a lot, especially when I see it not done that way. Um, they feel like equals in their relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's, God, yeah. She's not a prize to be won as the token female who happens to be in the group, and it's like, if I can just, you know, woo her enough. It's, it, because most rom-coms play it where the girl has to be won well, by good the, gestures from the guy. That's where the drama, the conflict comes from. And what's really cool, too, is there's never, like, a scene where, like, he feels inadequate where he has to prove himself. Yeah. Or, like, he has to um, show that he's worthy of her or anything along those lines, which, again, is what kind of the rom-coms do but the problem is is like that's so trite it, and it's unnecessary and it doesn't make them equals exactly like, it's so much more fun to see two people working towards something together and both wanting it as opposed to one person saying no for the majority of the movie until they finally say yes <laughs> yeah like oh i hate you so that means that somehow down like the line i'm going to love movie you ever or even early millennium um but I have to admit, um, you know, I liked Chris Pine as his character, um, especially seeing him in his other roles like Kirk in um, uh, Star Trek, um, and even what's his face in Princess Diaries too. Yeah. He's usually a very smarmy kind of um, egotistical, a bit, uh, you know, womanizer kind of. I mean, Kirk uh, basically, but he. He played this role, this, um, I wouldn't say no, sensitive, it's, more... No, it's, it's not, not sensitive, um, it really, it's summed up in that death scene. Spoiler. Chris, so Chris Pine sacrifices his life to take the plane of armed gas bombs up into the atmosphere where it can't hurt anyone. And I noticed this, because the scene is playing. He's in the plane. It's very Batman, uh, Dark Knight Rises sort of thing. For a minute. Spoilers again. But, for like a quick uh, minute, it feels like that. With him in the plane, driving the deadly thing away. Um, you see him driving. You see him looking back at the bomb. And you see him look out the window. And in any other movie, that would be where a flashback to him and Diana would be. Or where well, if he would close his eyes and think of something else and then press it and whatever. But they smartly held on that scene, on that shot of him, that one long uninterrupted shot, for at least ten more seconds than I've ever seen before. And because of that, he got to act the crap out of that scene. Oh, God, yeah. I Chris Pine did a great job I was scene. dying before he even pressed the trigger. I was so sad. And they let it sit so you could so you could see all the range it, of acting that he emoted. It wasn't it wasn't like they just wanted to stretch for time. It was literally they allowed a person it to coming marinate. to terms with their demise, their mortality. Yeah. And like how at like at one point he like you see him still struggling, still struggling, and then finally you see him accept it. Yeah. You see him just go, oh, all right then. And then he reaches back and and like he has his hand back there the whole time and he just looks back one more time. And then you almost see, like, I think he smiled a bit and just kind of goes, 
all right and then and then he and then he does it so it was very um um ethereal was a is a good word is um i i I tend to look for a lot of different things, but I focused on his face a yeah. lot in that, in that scene. So, um, I do have to give a little bit of credit to, cause we've already given the credit to Gal Gadot and, um, a few other actors in that. Um, I gotta have to bring up some of the secondary characters. Um, and then I think we should probably look at maybe wrapping up. We definitely want to keep it under an hour, these things. So I only yeah. have one more point that I want to make, but I want to hear your thoughts about the secondary characters. Yeah. So I'm, I, um, I've done acting. I've, you know, I like to act and think about acting and that kind of stuff. So I always look at how people portray characters, how they, uh, use them and, um, or sometimes underuse them or, or overuse them even, um, and that's why I was afraid with the secretary that she's going to be overused, especially with how the trailer was. She was not overused, and the actress who I think could be annoying in other roles um, probably it did a really good job with this one. I think if someone else did it, they wouldn't have that same kind of humor. Um, so, and I've already touched on the Scottish actor. He did a really good job. He showed a kind of depth that you probably wouldn't get with many other actors. They did a really good job with that. What did you think of Samir? Samir... <laughs> Samir was I'm scared like scared and aroused. <laughs> so I thought Samir was going to go in a different direction. He reminded me of Benny from uh, Yes, he the did remind me of Benny from the Mummy. That's exactly like, it. Like for for a while like he was going to think on him, write him out or something. Yeah, like I, I didn't think that, but I like but I, I I felt a very Benny vibe. And even he had development, even he had growth, even he had a backstory. Um, you know, some of these characters didn't get a ton, you know, but what they got was enough. Um, and Samir is kind of this fast-talking kind of... Um, wheeler con and dealer. Wheeler and dealer con artist type. And he actually, um, like, none of them were, like, not weapons-friendly either. All of them were weapons friendly but um there's a there's kind of a, a moment where it's just um diana and samir just talking and he actually explains that he just wanted to be a, a an actor um and uh when the war broke out he's he decided to enlist and um he's used his talents as acting and stuff like that to help and you Get see him that through. Yeah. in the in the way they sneak into the German party. Yeah, he, he on the fly does a really good job, and Chris Pine trying to do a German accent <laughs> with his pie turned upside uh, down in the back of the Packard. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm I'm actually glad. I'm both glad and not happy with the fact that he did not was not able to do a better German accent because either that means that. It was on purpose. No, they were trying to do. Like, I felt like they were trying to do an Inglorious Bastards thing where, uh, where uh, I don't know, Brad Pitt is just woefully oh, um, yeah. too American to even possibly. Bonjourno. Oh yeah, like not not nearly that terrible, but more of the. <laughs> I bet if you, I bet Chris Pine, of course, could do a good German accent. They, they purposely said, "Let it be a little off. We yeah, don't want you to be too like, good at this." Like we're not going to give you time to rehearse it. Type yeah, thing. just go. <laughs> You get you get to say it once and then we're shooting type thing. Um, so Samira did a really good job. Uh, the last person kind of rounding out their the little Native troop, American. the Native American, he was pretty good. He was he was a little bit more of a cutout than the rest of them. Um, well, he, he didn't have as much time for development. as Oh the God, others. no! Yeah, he he was he was pretty much like he was, he was probably the least developed of the whole. I all did the enjoy characters. though why he was there. You know, they talk about 
why they're fighting this war. And he, yeah. he and Diane, why he's even there to begin and with. And he talks about his people being uh, hurt, and Diane's like, who hurt your people? And he yeah. leans over, Chris looks at Chris Pine, and he's like, his people. Chris Pine, yeah. Chris Pine. <laughs> that, that is a skit. Just Chris Pine going on SNL saying, no, I'm oh, not yeah, Chris Evans, that. and I'm not Chris Pratt. I'm like, not any see, of these Chris. This is Chris Evans. He plays a guy in a war. Other, uh, other war. <laughs> named Steve. And he's smarmy with good looks and uh, crew cut. And, but that's my character named Steve in a war. It, if you haven't checked it out. Uh, it's on YouTube or SNL or whatever. Just check it out. It's, yeah. well, it's well worth it's well worth the watch. Uh, Chris Pine did a really good job. Is this is this Uptown Girl? Yes, it is. I'm that Chris. No, not that. Um, so um, the uh, the chief did a really good job. He um, but he wasn't he was the most caricature of all of them. But he wasn't just a caricature. So I I thought he was fairly well rounded too. Um, we kind of. We touched on the German general as well, but uh, Dr. Poison was interesting. Uh, she was actually the least favorite of one of our friends. He's, um, even though the, the actress has to actually act through a, like, a ceramic mask. Um, and I felt like she tried, but the only time when she really did emote was when she was, like, seeing people die. Yeah. It's the only time you really see the emotion come out. There were some subtle things, because Chris Pine tries to, quote-unquote, seduce her. and Well, I like that it was interesting to see another female character different than Wonder Woman, just in the context of the war. Someone who wanted to be praised for her intellect. Yeah. And I, and I felt like the German general actually respected her for her intellect, too, which was weird for that day and age. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we have that character. She does an okay job. There's rumors that she's going to come back. Like, she was a character in the comics, so she may yeah. come back. Um, but the the last character Ares. I wanted to... Ares. was... The last one I want to touch on is... Uh, it's uh, The actor's name is David Thules, um, who played Professor Lupin in the Harry Potter movies. Um, but he also he was also the bad guy in um, Dragonheart with Sean Connery back in the day. Absolutely, he's always the bad guy. Then. Yeah. Except, except for Harry Potter. Except for Harry Potter. But there's so he's many been British the actors, guy. so many British actors. He had to have oh, someone yeah. be the good guy. <laughs> he's been the bad guy in so many things, so. I really, I liked that eventually he did exist. And I even liked that, you know, as much as we hate the trope of two characters with similar powers fighting as these, as the comics for every superhero movie, it feels like these days. Um, this one, it felt a little different just because he never he treated her again as an equal in that entire fight you don't realize until you don't see it how often a fight with a woman will, will result to give it up girl or you know just just like these cat calls whatever and he, he never does that he he's like he respects her as an equal he wants her to join him and even when she turns against him um she he never like you know it's never an issue of you know weakness or femininity it's just you don't understand these people are not worth your time they're it's not the whole worth your love he, he, you know trying to get this war going to begin with so um i feel like the character was well done and i feel like the fight when it whenever it finally happened was a little contrite not terribly so like the thing is is and what i kind of uh when people ask me about the movie after i walked after we were done um they asked what i thought and i said um it's really good what i find wrong with it is pretty nitpicky um and 
some of the things, like the beginning of the movie, um, how we talked earlier, how I said it had a slow start. Part of the slow start was that they had these scenes that had some unnecessary CGI. Like at one point, they're like on top of some place and they're fighting, but it's all CGI. Um, when Robin Wright's character is training her, it's like on the top of like a uh, like a grassy hill or on the top of, like, it almost looked like a cylinder, uh, like a, a rocky cylinder or something like that. But I guess we'll have to, it, I, I do want to watch it again, but yeah, I guess I will have to watch it again because it, I was just blown away it, so much. There and, and there's a couple things that, like, they do on horses that obviously you can't do necessarily, because, but they can because they're um, Amazonians and stuff like that. And that was CGI. And it was okay. I, I wasn't as disappointed with the CGI in that. Um, where it kind of got me a few times was the final fight scene uh, with again, Diana versus Ares. That one I wasn't... There was a little too much CGI in it. It was a little... Because they had to build things from scratch instead of like having it be in person. And I understand that. I'm not sure how you have a fight between two gods without it being a CGI fest, honestly. You're, and, you, and you're right. And that's the thing. And again, this is all nitpicky. You have to, uh, you have to understand, I can be nitpicky out the wazoo. <laughs> so, did I still enjoy the fight? Absolutely. Um, but there's one particular shot that I will not get over. I will, get I will, over I will it. get over everything else or I'll let go of everything else. But this one thing... And our friend Derek had the same thought as me. I know. So Wonder Woman's okay. holding the tank above her head. And she's getting gonna... ready to like kill Dr. Poison too, which is a pretty like big scene emotionally. Well, she's been going through this fugue state up to that because Chris Pine has just died. And she enters like this fugue state and just starts killing Germans everywhere. Just, just willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, she really does. She, she runs fast when smacks all of their heads off. Like It, it, it feels like... That is what's happening, not like, oh, she's just mad and the world is crumbling around her. You know, like when um, Scarlet Witch, her brother, dies and she just and she just has that major freak out and all the power just goes out of her body and just kills everything in a 20-foot radius? That's what this felt like. She just started just snapping yeah, fool's neck. Don't get me started on Scarlet Witch. Okay. <laughs> Scarlet Witch in the, sec in the second Avengers was terrible. Well, I bring her up because that's one of the points I want to bring up after your... Well, um, uh, and she was actually... A lot better in Civil War. I, you got to watch Civil War. I do have to watch Civil War. I hate its storyline. I hate where those the characters. <laughs> One day I will watch it, and I'll give you my honest opinion. Um, but uh, David Thules did a good job as um, the Sir person that he was. Sir appearing in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, Sir Reginald Barrington the <laughs> Third. Um, some stuffy British type. Uh, he actually helps the characters out, so it's kind of interesting that they chose for him to become Ares. Well, he decides I, to, like, he could have smoked Diana when he first saw her. He's like, you know what? I want her on my side. Let me show her that men are corruptible, that they cannot be helped. That and, would uh, behoove me better. And show you that I'm on the side of, quote-unquote, good, that, yeah. you know, even still, I'm, how can I be evil if I'm on the side of good type yeah. thing? Um, in the reveal, they did, um, a pretty good job. There's a couple, again, nitpicky things. At one point, she stabs the German general at, on a roof. Thinking that he is Ares. Yeah, still thinking that he is Ares, and it's a pretty big 
you know, scene when she realizes that he's not Aries and like she's like, Oh my goodness and all this and There was no Aries, war yeah. continues. I was supposed to stop it and I didn't War, war as hell. <laughs> um but she stabs him and her sword is still on the roof. And and then David Thule's character just appears out of nowhere and is talking about something. And they cut away to the other guys. When they come back, she's jumped back down from the roof with a sword. I'm like, couldn't she just have the sword with her the whole yeah, time? Why did, she ha- why did she have to leave it up <laughs> on the And again, the these are all like the stupidest little nitpick things that have nothing to do yeah. with the actual importance. Oh, stuff. and we even get to the, the tank thing. Okay, so the yeah. so the scene. So let me let me let me get that point out, and then and then we'll hop into yours. Uh, uh, um, David Tools did a good job as Ares. Ares wasn't the best character, but David Tools did a good job because he's a pretty good actor. Okay, so Wonder Woman lifts his tank up, and it's like pissed, and he literally uh, Ares brings out Doctor uh, Poison, shows what she looks like, and like, but. Even she, even still with it's all of this, it's her fault that her spine is dead, and, and and like, don't you want to kill her? And like, she's like, she's ready to kill her, and then instead she chooses uh, what she says is love. Um, she chose to. By the way, that's how you do uh, a character whose power is love the correct way. Yeah, a woman who is allowed to embrace her femininity while also being a badass. Not every woman has to be a Ripley. Some women can have well, love. even Ripley's, yes, you, you know, but I, I uh, or Sarah that Connor, scene, are you kidding me? Or Sarah Connor, as it were, even uh, even still, she has love for humanity, but her hatred for robots gets in her way. <laughs> so, so she has this tank and she decides not to kill Dr. Poison and she tosses it away. However, even someone who's super freaking strong would not toss the tank away. Almost kind of like Thomas the Tank Engine. You had a very similar problem to the Flash, as it were. The Flash runs oh beyond the God. speed of sound to punch you. a guy in the face, and all it does is just slightly slap him. And that's and that's because it's CW. It's it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a sign of laziness, is what it was. Um, the the Flash thing, he literally broke the sound barrier to punch this guy before he could turn into stone. That was the whole point of this character, which is basically Colossus. In the DC universe, but whatever, Refocus. or it's a metal. Um, but it's a it's a sign of laziness. Instead of showing what this character would actually do, as in fly into a, through a wall or at least into lockers, not just go like you've been tap, lightly tapped on the face. Um, Wonder Woman tosses the tank away, and it's kind of like this, like uh, okay, like she like she was getting rid of a spider web that was on her face. It, <laughs> it was very. Awkward is a good way to describe it. It was very obvious that she was not holding a tank. Or the tank was suspended by wires or something like that. And granted, and here's where I'd give her a huge, um, uh, not leave of absence, but a huge, like, olive branch, like, um... I know what you mean. Yeah. uh, Benefit of the doubt, where I give her a ton of benefit of the doubt... She was five months pregnant doing some reshoots, and that easily could have been a reshoot. So that's I, all you're allowed to do when you're that pre- you're yeah. you are just allowed to flip your hand. <laughs> yeah, because she like she doesn't even like really use her legs that much. She just kind of turns her upper body and then throws it with her arms. She's telling the story about how when she went back for reshoots, it was starting on close on her face, and then when they would zoom out, she'd be in costume but with the five month pregnant belly. So they just put a green diamond over her stomachs for <laughs> just to, to reshape her abs back into place so um but the the main 
character characters and the secondary characters um they did a pretty good job some of the other minor characters were, were cut outs like dr poison could have been better but maybe they'll give her more kind of like a um a nova in the guardians yeah. i couldn't stand nova in the first movie and i actually had some you know feeling uh, like feelings for her in the second movie like where you know i was sad that you know, she had to fight her sister, and then she's trying oh, to fit Nova. in. It's a, yeah, that's Nova. Or not... Nebula. Nebula, sorry. God, I can't believe I got those two, because those are completely different characters. There's the Nova Core, and then there was Nebula. Yes, the Nova Core is named after Nova, who yes. is a character, who is a guardian of the galaxy, and they haven't brought him in yet. I was hoping that it'd be Nathan Fillion, but... I know. Um, so, over, overall, or in, on average... The characters were well done. There were some missteps or some just not developed as much, but... Alright. Well, I think the last thing we're going to talk about, since we want to wrap it up, we don't want to keep you here forever, dear listener. Yeah, um, already over an hour. <laughs> it's okay. It's got a, There's a lot to talk about. I'm not going to deny it. Um, here's the last thing that I want to talk about, since this is a two-person perspective thing where we get to see different opinions on it. Um... For me, as a woman, there were things about this movie that I have never seen in any other movie or not seen in a mainstream movie in very specific ways. But I want to ask you, was there anything, before I give my opinion, was there anything about how Wonder Woman was shown or acted or developed that struck you as different from other female-led movies or female superheroes that you have seen? Dim thighs. <laughs> uh, no, uh, to be a little less superficial. Um, well, if I go back and I think of the other female-driven superhero movies or female-led superhero movies like um, Tank Girl, um, uh, Elektra. Uh, Even characters that we Superman, have now like yeah. Black Widow or Gamora. Uh, well... A big thing that they did really well, possibly better than other people, like, again, with those movies I just referenced, none of those movies hold a candle. Not a single one holds a candle to uh, Wonder Woman. Um, like, I like Jennifer Garner, but Elektra sucked. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole thing was, uh, I feel Gal Gadot did a good job, but I feel like the character was allowed to develop in different ways that other women characters weren't allowed to. I don't know if it was because of the character or the fact that it was her own movie or it was the fact that it was a female director or that it was Gal Gadot. Because um, I don't know if I've seen Gal Gadot act in anything else, but I'm honestly no, wondering she was if about she to, can. No, she was about to give up on acting. She'd been trying for years, uh, going back and forth from California to uh, uh, the Middle East. Where she lived. Israeli, uh, Israel. Yes. And um, she was about to give up on acting. So many callbacks that went nowhere, all that stuff. She oh, had no yeah. idea she was auditioning for one woman when she went to audition for it. Zack Snyder did not tell her what she was doing cool. at all. So you probably haven't seen her in most much anything else yet. I know that she was in that one movie. This with is her us. breakout film. Yes. Uh, well, Donna Justice was, but this is her first like big movie. Kind of yeah. like, uh, like with Chris Pratt and... Um, 
I mean, you can say Guardians, but they're like they all kind of came out at the same time. Right. Um, there's maybe something else along those lines, but uh, with with this movie, I feel like her character was able to be rounded in more ways than other people. Like Gamora wasn't entirely well rounded in the first movie. She was able to get more well rounded in the second movie. Um, Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson is actually a pretty good actress. Um, I just feel like that character in that capacity, she's only given so much. In Avengers 2, she's allowed to do more. Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War. Not so much Civil War, but the, the, the other three movies. She's allowed to do more. So for that first kind of outing being... This this is her movie, and she's allowed to actually, you know, not be just in the movie for five minutes like Donna Justice. Mm -hmm. It's it, it is a well developed character, like with the romance, with her being badass and feminine. Or um, I don't. I feel like there's too like that. Those terms aren't the best to use all the time. Like she can be who she wants to be. She doesn't have to um, retract on anything. Um, at least in that time period, you know, um, I think that they did a really good job with the character. Now, there may be things that people point out that may differ, but I'm pretty solid in my, uh, uh my opinion of her. Like, like if I had to give a rating out of it, you know, I would say they did at least a B plus um, out of it. Um, where it would have gotten the A is uh, possibly had the story a little better. And and this is, I'm talking real nitpicky stuff. So I can even bump it up to like A minus category. So it's actually an A. Um, she's probably the best female superhero right now. So that would be where um, I say that the, uh, where I would, where I would land on that so as as a man as a man who enjoys comic books but as a um kind of a, a a feminist leaning man too um i would say that this might be one of the best female superheroes around right now cool at least on film you know yeah. on film <laughs> well i think that's why this movie really spoke to me and probably why it speaks to a lot of women um film is a visual medium you can have great dialogue, you can have Nolan-level dialogue, but without the visuals to back it up, it would just be a pretty script and nothing more. But this movie has some of the best cinematography, better than a comic book, I would say, because whenever you read a comic book, most comic books, or see most superhero movies with a female in it, the femininity is played for eye candy purposes. There are shots that are absolutely meant to be taken as fan service. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time, and it's always the sexiness of a female character that is played up as she's dangerous, like Black Widow, or she's unpredictable, like Scarlet Witch. All of these women fighting against a man's society with powers that are more curse than actual gift. If you think about a lot of female superheroes even Elektra or Catwoman, all of their powers are given to them. They are cursed with their powers. They have to deal with their powers. Oh, they yeah, hurt yeah, time other out, people. Time out, time out, time out. 
we're not talking as Halle Berry Catwoman, right? Because that is not canon. Not even slightly. Well, then, for for your sake, we will talk about just the character as they appear in the comic books with agreed-upon origins and personalities. Cat, Catwoman doesn't have many superpowers. No, no. She I'm, doesn't have any again, superpowers. Again, but she chooses to, have, to, uh, to go for a life of crime. Yeah. So, even with Black Widow, who has no powers again, she is turned the way she is because of things that occurred to her in her past, like the sterilization, which was a crazy thing to throw inside Avengers 2. Like, that was a, wow, that should be its own movie, and I'm not sure you should have handled it that particular way, because then immediately after she says that, she talks about being a monster, and without, without sensitivity, Joss, it makes it seem like people think if you're sterile, you're a monster. So there's... There's a, again, these are small little things that I'm not even sure that everyone would get, but probably a lot of women would see these things as happening. But Wonder Woman's powers and her personality, they, they are not a curse. When she first discovers her powers, breaking into the sanctum to get God Killer, um, she decides to make that giant leap that no other Amazonian that we have seen could possibly make, and she decides to trust her powers, lean on them, and jump. And then when she reaches it, and then the brick crumbles, she punches her fist into the wall, and you see just, like, this joy on her face. She's like, oh my gosh, I can do this? Let's do it. And she just Spider-Mans her way up the wall into the fortress and bending iron. I'm like, what joy? When was the last time you saw a female superhero just revel in the powers or the abilities that they have and are just so excited about them? Um, even, you know, uh, Catwoman or Black Widow, when they're fighting and they're doing sexy fighting, you know, with the legs around the neck snapping and all that stuff. They never look like, particularly, you know, they're not happy in it. They're not like, look at what I can do. It's it's much more about, again, the male perspective, the male gaze, and what's the sexiest way for a woman to take a guy out. Well, and uh, something uh, kind of giving Black Widow a little bit more credit. Oh, I love Black Widow. This is not a, a bad thing against her. This is just something I've noticed with the disadvantage of having to be a script written by a man and filmed and directed by a man. You see these shots happen a lot more. There were no sexy shots in Wonder Woman. There, she was beautiful to behold because she is an Amazonian and a god, and of course she'd be beautiful. Yeah, but there's not like a there scene were no where she's lingering. Over there were something. no bend over shots. There were no lingering shots on a washing scene. There was no washing scene for a woman. Thank God, because there oh, always yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, the eye candy is Chris Pine. Chris Pine is meant to be the eye candy. Yeah, there's I, a couple shots when it, like he's like doing stuff, and it's like, yeah, that might be more eye candy. One of my friends said, uh, the, uh, Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine, uh, nude scenes made the 3D price all the worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think the important thing here is that there, this movie is shot and directed in such a way that people should take notice. There is a way to tell a story about a character who is a woman without relying on tropes and without relying on the troubled past, without kill billing it and saying it, I must suffer wrong against me before I take action, or I must uh, <laughs> be the woman in the fridge trope for some other man to be inspired to do work, like Barbara Gordon in The Killing Joke. Um, the comic, not the ridiculous animated version. Um, but I think it's really quite fantastic because... The movie is told entirely without the male gaze. Even when she does her obligatory pretty woman dressing up in pretty clothes things and trying to fight, and Chris is like, well, let's put you know glasses on her to make her you know blend away. And you realize 
even with the glasses on, she's still the most beautiful woman. No one could possibly not see her. And, like, of course, it kills all of those tropes dead on arrival. It takes the will-they-won't-they they out. It takes the putting the glasses on and the hair up, and suddenly a woman is not attractive trope. It yeah, removes, she's not Clark Kent. Yeah, it removes just every single one of those bad things. They let her be beautiful, and they let her wear the clothes and the armor, and thank God the armor is actual armor with leather and... Fitting, it wasn't like just to show off bat nipples or oh, bat God. butt. Yeah. It was clearly, this is a outfit meant for Greeks. Again, the Greeks pretty much wore nothing going into battle, so you should be glad that they're wearing anything at all. Okay. <laughs> On an island of hey, women, why would you bother? Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> but I think there is just something really great about a female character having great power and still the power of love, being feminine, and still strong, and her femininity is not a curse to be overcome or something that people judge her for, and it's just really, really nice to see it. And because of that, and because of, I think, the importance that this film should have on the world around us, I would rate it A, if not higher. Even with the some flaws that I think are inherent in every superhero movie, I'm sad to say, it's not like the, the genre invites tropes to appear and the fights to occur. So all these things we will probably see time and time again. But Honestly, some of the few that break it are the, probably the Guardians movies. Exactly. Yeah, and the Guardians movies. And again, you know, you have your cast with, with four guys who encompass many different types of man. And then the girl. Not that Gamora is not a compelling or interesting character, but again, it's... It's not her story. And I do like the dilemma she has with Nebula and her father. Again, she's not a badly written character. It's just for a female-led vehicle. This is so much bigger and important because it doesn't just emasculate men to make women appear strong. It just lets women be strong because they are and men be strong because they are. And I think that's what's so great about it. Well, um... I think that we have both talked, um, whoever's listening to this, ears off. Um, I think we've talked entirely. nearly as long as the movie. <laughs> uh, just about. So you should go see the movie. Instead absolutely. Of instead of listening to us talk, just go see it for yourself. <laughs> absolutely. We both recommend this movie. Um, in fact, you know, she's going to see it twice or at least one more time. <laughs> Gotta see it again. Um, so uh, I think we should wrap it up with um, a, maybe like a... Uh, quick final thoughts, like very, very quick final thought, and then a rating. Um, I thought it'd be kind of fun if we did it out of five, and then whatever the two of us thought together would be the actual rating. I like that. Let's do it. Okay. So final thought for me um, is it is a good movie. Um, it has a couple flaws, a couple minor things, but nothing that would that detracts from the rest of the movie. All right. What's your rating? Uh, my rating, if I'm going to go out of five, I will go four out of five. Okay. Um, for me, great acting, great action, um, emotional without being weepy, strong without being uh, impersonal. I am going to play my hand here. I give it five out of five. All right. I'm actually going to take back. I'm going to say three and a half. Three and a half. Out three. Of five. I'm gonna say three and a half. So. So that means that our total score is eight point five out of ten. Yes. Very respectable. I think. Uh, I think we should be allowed to do half points. Uh, I don't think we can do zero out of five. I don't know. 
if we uh, do some of the movies that I'm thinking of for a future <laughs> oh, podcast, we may get to zeros. What did, what did I get myself into? <laughs> well, um, everyone uh, who is listening to this, uh, we very much appreciate you uh, taking the long time to uh, listen to us ramble about Wonder Woman. Uh, we are hoping to uh, make this into uh, a thing, maybe a, a monthly thing or a bi-weekly thing. However long you can stand us. Exactly. Um, and if we get some positive uh, feedback or, you know, even feedback from us at all, uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably be taking ideas. Um, we're yeah, both... leave in the comments. We have a bunch of ideas lined up, but leave in the comments because you may think of things that we've thought of or things we never would have thought of. We're, um, we're both very um, avid readers. I'm a little bit more uh, digital or comic book, um, graphic novel-esque reading. Uh, you're more literature, uh, but you do you can uh, you can tear away a, a, a graphic novel. Oh yeah, no problem with that. But we are both very much a visual media uh, people. Um, we, we both work in visual media anyway, so it's um, very much uh, movies and TV shows. So... Uh, so yeah, if you have any comments, please be sure to leave them, uh, wherever we post this and, uh, ideas for future, um, podcasts or, um, just to say how much you liked it. Until next time, she's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.